welcome everybody to today's episode of What's Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Alia from Alia Yoga, and we are rounding out the end of October, which is a transitional month, in my opinion, between the excitement of summertime weather, long days, and warm nights, with the process of transitioning into fall and winter, with shorter days, cooler weather, and the holidays are right around the corner. I love this time of year in Southern California because we get amazing sunsets, warm daytime weather, and nice, cool, crisp mornings and evenings. I also like seeing changes in the nature that surrounds me. From some trees changing colors and losing their leaves to the way different succulents and other plants thrive this time of year. I could go on and on about how special this season of transition is because I'm also experiencing a lot of transitions in my personal life. More on that later, but here's why I bring it up. You know, last week I talked about enjoying change, but having challenges with anticipation and the unknown. And after the episode went live, I realized even more about those topics with regards to myself, and perhaps this resonates with you as well. And that is the idea that perspective and attitude are everything. Many people have the natural tendency to fear change and to hold on tightly or grasp onto the present or even the past rather than ride the tides and changes of life. Trust me, it's a roller coaster. And everyone has a story of challenges and also triumphs that you have lived through. These experiences show you how strong you are and how capable and adaptable you are. The lessons that are present throughout, how you navigate changes and challenges are some of the most important lessons of life. I was at the beach with a girlfriend recently who is having some huge changes coming soon, a big move to another country, a promotion at work, and progress in her relationship, which has been long distance for some time now. We were talking about how, on the one hand, she's so excited to live in Europe and be closer to her man and make new friends in a new city. And on the other hand, she's going to miss her family, friends, and proximity to the Pacific Ocean, which has been her home for most of her life. How torn the feeling is between what's about to unfold in her future and what she's letting go of from the past. It reminded me of an exercise that I do sometimes when I feel stuck, and although she's not stuck, she's expressing her emotions and moving through them with a lot of grace, in my opinion. I still thought it was appropriate to give the analogy and show her with the sand that was all around us a practice that's a metaphor for life. So I picked up two handfuls of sand and explained that one of the handfuls I'm going to grip tightly and hold on to as much as possible because I want all the sand to stay in my hand. And so I did that. I closed my fist around a handful of sand and gripped tightly only to watch the majority of the sand fall through the small cracks in between my fingers. At least half of the sand fell out of my hand when I gripped it tightly. In my other hand, I scooped up sand as well, but instead of gripping it tightly, I just lightly cupped my hand and let what fell fall and let what stayed stay without attaching myself to any of it. And lo and behold, the majority of the sand remained in my cupped hand. My friend who is self-aware and has the skill and ability to process her feelings and emotions, which let me also say is something that takes time to develop and isn't taught to us in schools. She's also someone who has been through her fair share of challenges, but for as long as I've known her, has always taken the valuable lesson from the experience and moved on stronger because of what she's been through in life. Which leads me to a very simple quote for the wise words of the week that I think goes wonderfully with the theme of today's episode and the wise words come from Ramana Maharshi. Let what comes come. Let what goes go. Find out what remains. Mm, 
I think that quote describes perfectly the importance of practicing non-attachment and learning to take life one moment at a time. In yoga asana practice, I often say to be present with every blessing of a breath. Each breath is a moment to be appreciative for being alive. Even amidst all of the challenges and uncertainties in our lives and in the world, we're still magnificent beings with life force energy within us and the spark of the divine. That which created us is also within us, and we have the ability through perspective and attitude to live in awe of the beauty of life, which is exactly how my guest today lives his life. I'm excited to introduce you in a moment to Kevin Russell, who has experienced radical enlightenment and wrote a book about his experiences and the lessons learned through this transformational time in his life. Kevin and I could have chatted for hours on the topic we discussed, and for me, the time flew by while in conversation. Before we get started, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope your day and week have been wonderful so far, and please stay tuned through this quick word about Anchor, and I'll be right back to introduce you to Kevin. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. You're listening to What's Wellness Podcast, and I'm your host, Alia from Alia Yoga. I have Kevin Russell here today, Kevin from Radical Enlightenment. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Aliyah. I really appreciate uh, the space and, and the conversation. Looking forward to it. Me too. And my first question is always, what does wellness look and feel like for you at this time? That's such a great question. You know, for me, it's got to be whole system wellness right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is including uh, physical, spiritual, mental, and really approaching it from the, the energetic foundation of, of our experience. And looking at it from that inside outside component. So from the outside, what am I consuming both uh, through media, through content, through material, through food, uh, through oxygen, through, through hy uh, hydration. Mm -hmm. And then also what am I creating or cultivating internally that is emanating out from me? Is it a state of peace? Is it a state of agitation, scarcity, abundance, uh, worry, uh, fear, and and really, it's it's the duality between those uh, that I that I'm currently looking at at wellness uh, from the perspective of. I love that. That makes so much sense because what we consume really affects what goes on internally, and what happens internally can really affect our conscious state. So that is beautifully said. I love that. And so, can you tell us a little bit about? who you are and what you're doing. I know you wrote a book and mm -hmm. I know listeners are going to be very excited to hear about your book. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, as you, as you mentioned, and I appreciate the, the lead in, uh, my name is Kevin Russell and I've recently written a book uh, and you mentioned it, it's on radical enlightenment. Uh, it's on a more accelerated, aggressive path to enlightenment or to increasing those aha moments on the journey and, and, adding more tools to the toolbox as we go, as far as uh, health tools, um, whether it's uh, an eating plan, an exercise plan, or looking at that internal space and uh, really cultivating uh, an inside-out approach to, to full system, full experience, full life uh, wellness. And I had an experience last fall where I in my interpretation, my, through my filter, I connected to my higher self. Mm. Um, I'd been on a journey of intrigue, I guess. Um, everything that I was doing, uh, onboarding in my life was, was making me feel better uh, internally. And then the things that I was doing, kind of that, that duality we were talking about, internal, external, uh, the changes I was making uh, to my external expression were impacting in a positive way my internal space as well. And I got to the point where I was feeling like I was just on the cusp of something, but I couldn't put my finger on it and I 
couldn't quite uh, have it come together in my mind as far as a, a knowing of what it was. And on the recommendation of my wife and a friend, I went to go see an energy practitioner. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the title or the label is, or was at the time, Biofield Harmonics Energy Healing. Oh, interesting. And I hadn't, I hadn't uh, heard of it or been exposed to it previously. And so I was, I was one, I think the, the biggest thing any of us can do is just be open mm-hmm. and be more willing to say yes to things. Obviously, you know, filter that through a, is, th- is this something that's elevating me or something that is, that is, you know, dropping me down. But the more that I was on my, my path and the more I was saying yes to things that felt positive, the more peace I was feeling internally, the more expansion I was feeling internally, the more space I felt like I had between myself and an external stimuli that could trigger a reaction. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went in with, with open mind, open heart. And it was in this session in oh, just over an hour and a half or two in the afternoon on November 21st, 2019, that I connected to my expression of my higher self. Wow. And, and that really informed where the book came from. Um, that experience was the, the touch point that dropped me right into having the book flood out of me, fly out of me in just two and a half weeks in December. Amazing. Can you tell us, speak to a little bit about what that energy work session was like, what you experienced in that and how it has impacted you ongoing? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was, uh, it's an, in, at least in my experience and from what I've heard from different people that have I've gone to the practitioner uh, that I saw. Her name's uh, Jules Smith, and she's actually in Carlsbad, California, in uh, North County, San Diego. Fantastic. And it, it, so my experience was it was a no-touch, no-talk energy session. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I was laying prone, and I had a blackout sleep mask on, so I really couldn't see anything going on. And she really wasn't uh, saying anything that I could, that I could hear. Um, and it was really a very internal, visceral experience uh, from, a, from an experiential standpoint. And so I, I started off just, you know, laying, breathing, you know, diaphragmatic breathing and relaxed on the table. And I had gone into it with the intention of trying to figure out what this thing was that I had mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the analogy that I always use is I felt like I was a toddler in a, in a dark room, feeling my way around the room, knowing there was more there. I like, I could kind of make out maybe a dresser and a window and I knew there was more in the room, but I just didn't have the, the tools or the, the perspective at the time to experience it. Wow. And those are really the things that I feel like I got in this, in this session. And the way that it started for me was uh, internal visual visuals, basically. So I got visions of things that resonated with me very personally I've always loved the Pacific Northwest and, and the rainforests there and forest trails. And so that was one of the scenes that I saw in my mind's eye. I've grown up surfing my whole life. And so that was another, uh, another vision, I guess you could say, internal vision of a low fly over, uh, over a coast with waves breaking. Mm. And then I dove underwater. And water's always been, for me personally, a sanctuary. And I felt very at ease and peaceful uh, whenever I'm I'm you know, actually submerged underwater. And then it's it actually an image for a visual popped up from when I was like five years old playing soccer in the front yard with a friend. And then everything faded out almost like a, it was almost kind of like a silent symphony in a way where mm-hmm. it was this orchestration of visuals that was either I was conjuring, cultivating, or that was being presented to me. And then the music, so to speak, kind of eased and then all of a sudden, it was this explosion of white hot light in my mind, so much so that I was squinting behind the mask with my eyes closed because the light that I was experiencing internally was so bright. And wow. then it felt, yeah, and then it just gets, <laughs> hold on, it gets crazier. Okay. So then it felt like I was on the biggest, tallest, fastest roller coaster that's ever existed. And Almost like the roller coaster was, I was stationary and the roller coaster was going through me and it was just energy. Um, so much so that I couldn't contain it and I started laugh, crying, cry laughing because it was so novel and so profound and just so 
un, unexpected and, and brand new, nothing I've ever felt even equates to, to what this experience was before or since. And so that's kind of flooding through me in pulses. And finally, the, the, the brightness subsides a little bit. So I'm, I'm back to just comfortably uh, keeping my eyes closed without a blinding light behind it. And then the voice in my head changed just slightly. Hmm. It, it was almost like, uh, you know, we were speaking earlier about, uh, about recording software. It's almost like there was just a little bit of a modulation, a little bit of a tweak hmm. in the voice software, so to speak. And what I heard in, in, in the voice in my head with just that little bit of a tweak was, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you made it. We're going to have so much fun together. Oh, wow. And so that was really, uh, yeah, it was surprising. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of like one of those, okay, that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? And it wasn't anything that felt alien or foreign or, or negative. It was all positive in the in the most, in the purest, most explicit sense. And then the, the experience kind of wound down and I uh, started you know, breathing more deeply. And I, I think she kind of guided me out of, of the, the meditation or the session. And then we debriefed afterwards. And one of the analogies that she used is uh, she said, it's kind of like you're on the, on an elevator in a high rise going from the third to the fifth floor but your guy on the ninth floor is up there saying, Hey buddy up here. And so that was kind of, that's kind of solidified in my mind's eye, the, the, that interpretation of it. And so that's why the full title of the book is radical enlightenment. My guy on the ninth floor, uh, because of the analogy she used right after the experience. And then it was about a week of kind of assimilation of, of this new normal for me. And then that's when the book really started flooding out and I got, the, the title dropped into my mind and then the section themes and then the content within the section, it all just really started falling into place rapidly so much so that I was writing 12 to 18 hours a day for about two for the, for the entire duration. And it was something where it was just flooding out of me so fast that there was sometimes I had to go to voice record cause I couldn't keep up writing or typing fast enough. Wow. Incredible. What an amazing experience. And it sounds like at first I was wondering, were you in somewhat of a wake dream, almost sleep state? And then when when the light comes on and you're on that roller coaster ride and you're squinting behind the covering over your eyes, it's like, no, sounds like you were very much awake for that. Fully conscious the entire experience. Amazing. Um, it, it never, it, my, my connection to where I was in, in space and time never faltered or never wavered. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, instead of a, uh, almost like a transportation, it was much more of a layering of an experience where I was aware of my physical body. I was aware of my, my conscious mind. I was aware of where I was in time and space, but it was this whole, you know, cinematic galactic universal layer that was then added to that so i was really experiencing both in a in somewhat of a duality the entire duration i really enjoy how well you're able to describe that experience because it's something that i imagine not many people can relate to having gone through themselves but the way you describe it is really accessible and i'm curious if you would say yes or no to this question. And I use the word spirit in such a way where I ask my listeners to interpret it in the way that resonates best for you. But do you feel that spirit was coming through you that you were downloading when you wrote your book? A hundred percent. Absolutely. It was, you know, it's funny, right after I got done writing it, I was very much stepping out of the way in my own mind because to me, the, the framework or the handbook, the guide, whatever, you know, whatever interpretation or label uh, you want to you put on it was really the, the, the download. That was the important part. And I was just stepping out of the way. And then the interesting thing is the more people that I, I talked to about it, the more people I shared the early drafts with, the more that I got the consistent message of their people are going to connect with you. They're not going to connect so much, at least maybe initially with actually the material. Mm-hmm. 
but I was very resistant to it because what I had, what I felt was that what came through me was co-created in the sense that it was a divine co-creation download flow state that was translated through the filter of the entirety of my life, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So everything I've ever been interested in from a a conceptual standpoint, science, religion, theology, philosophy, uh, self-help, the new age movement, new thoughts, new paradigms of, of really melding and blending science and practice of spirituality, every, every, every component of those interests really went into uh, the expression that came to be the book. Uh, and, and really, the, you know, you mentioned spirit. It, it is whatever label is most comfortable for, for the individual in my mind. So spirit, source, Yahweh, Krishna, God, Jesus. From my interpretation and my, my expression, it's all one. It's all, it's all unified. It's all the same thing. And the distinction or the differences are completely human enacted or human enabled right Exter- externally it's it's the, the 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 interpretations those are of the world not of not of that that depth charge of a feeling that we that we can feel sometimes inside when we hear an absolute truth or we know something that reverberates and resonates through our our, our whole being and that was really the the experience of that everything that i was writing down was reverberating and energetically expressing itself through me Right. That makes sense because it's linguistics, right? It's the way we choose to utilize words and language that describe this eternal feeling that you can use whatever word that you want, but it's the same experience or essence of the divine within us. A hundred percent. I love that. And I think that's one of the bigger issues, you know, from a, a macro and a micro stance is, is the, we're, we're just too focused on the semantics of things these days. Yeah. And, and, and focusing on the differences instead of experiencing the similarities and the universalities. Absolutely. That resonates for me. So was this your personal journey from conscious state, the way you were living your life, about day to day to a consciousness state where you're feeling more attuned and mindful and aware of you are not your body, you are not your mind, but more of like this flickerless flame. I like to call it <laughs> your eternal essence. I love that. The flickerless flame. That's great. Yeah, it, it, it was. And in the journey, it's there, there's subtleties to it. And it is for me personally, anyway, it was a it was a, a, a continual journey of smaller aha moments. And one thing I love in, in Zen Buddhism, they call those Satori experiences. Those are those little micro enlightenments along the way. And it was really just following what felt good, not going, going towards what felt good as opposed to chasing something. And it's a subtlety, but there is a difference there in my mind. And one is a little bit more intentional and the other is a little bit more externally driven, I feel, when, right. we're, when, we're, when we're chasing something or there's, there's one or two or maybe a few things that we identify with as, oh, that's going to do it for me. Or this, you know, to, going back to the labels, following a specific diet or aligning with a specific philosophy or theology is going to be the key as opposed to cultivating that inner knowing, that inner space, the inner observer creating more internal distance between that observer state and the perceived impact of external stimuli, and then really cultivating that as, as the, the, the new way of being, so to speak. And so to your point and to your question, it was a, it was just a series over the, the, the acceleration for me was about a three year period when we really started, my wife and I really started to get into uh, looking at different modalities of, of energetic change and different modalities of internal reprogramming our subconscious or, or changing the, the messages that have been embedded since forever that right. are now influencing our, our, our worldly experiences. And it was an aspect of going towards that good feeling it, so I come from a design background. One of the, the theories of design that I was always read, resonated with me is the, the theory of gestalt, mm-hmm. which is the sum of the parts is greater than the whole. 
And that's really the way that it felt was it was all the little micro things I did along the way that really led up to this big expansion that I wasn't even necessarily looking for or aware that was an opportunity. I was just feeling better in my body. The better I ate, the, the more I was exercising in ways that resonated with me. Um, the more I reduced my refined sugars and the, the better sleep I got, the more hydration I got. And that's kind of the worldly side of it. And then the energy side of it was the other big aspect of moving from that state of consciousness, which is, I am a thinking, feeling being. I am my name. I see my body. I feel pain if, I, if my body gets hurt. I feel pleasure if I'm doing things that make me feel good, hopefully in a healthful way, as opposed to with substances. Mm -hmm. And then consciousness, which is, in my mind, the observation and awareness of a conscious state. And that's, that's a big distinction for me because it moves us into that attached but detached state internally where we're aware that we are the thinking, feeling being. But by that awareness, that takes us towards conscious, that, that is consciousness, the awareness that we are this thinking, feeling being. And then the cultivation within that is the greater refinement of that perspective. The, the less we attach to things that happen externally, the less we identify with perceptions of things that are happening to us, so to speak, mm -hmm. the more peace, the more presence, the more stasis that we cultivate internally and the quieter my mind got. And the less I worried about what anybody else was doing, thinking or saying, and the less I was concerned with having to be a certain way based on what I thought somebody else would was expecting or hoping and it really buoyed every relationship i had because i was leading from the heart i was leading from from my internal space as opposed to kind of being bounced around in this this perception that external things can impact me because the reality is the only way external things can impact us is if we let them there are so many golden nuggets that you've just shared. I <laughs> love all of that. I want to unpack every single part of it. But the one thing that really stands out for me is that you really cultivated an environment for yourself from the worldly aspects being how you were eating and sleeping and hydrating and fueling your body or moving your body. But all of those little micro adjustments to your lifestyle created this internal environment that was optimized, whether you were doing that on purpose and realizing the progress that your internal environment was making, or it was a byproduct of those practices. It's really something that people can be in control of or make choices towards in order to, in such a way, purify from the inside out to be open and have the clarity as you move towards this consciousness state of, of realization. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to your point, that it is that internal quality, and it's really a reductive exercise as opposed to an additive exercise. And so what I mean by that is, you know, from a, from a, a material external standpoint, it was a reduction of a refined processed foods. It was a reduction of refined sugars. It was a reduction of manufactured and produced products. And then on the inside, it was, you know, really the way that I've come to look at it is, is that we really layer and it's unintentional and we're not really, and that's the challenge that we experience in the world is that so much of our experiences are almost programmatic from a, a conscious subconscious dichotomy. There's been research and people have, have done qualification and quantification of, of the kind of the processing power of our subconscious and our conscious minds. And conservatively estimates from a processing standpoint are showing that our subconscious minds, which include our autonomic nervous system, it includes our bodies and our gut and our biome, it has the capacity of around 20 million bits per second. Our conscious mm -hmm. mind, however, which is our critical thinking, it's our, you know, it can be creativity, it can be, uh, you know, reading a book or watching a movie. It's when we're, when we're actively engaged and present, has, an op has a processing capacity of around 40 bits per second. 
Wow. So conservatively, our subconscious minds are operating at 500,000 times the capacity of our conscious minds. So whenever we have... That's incredible. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. But at the same time, mm-hmm. when, once I've kind of gotten on the, you know, on, on the other side of, of this conceptually and looking back, it's one of those like you, a head slap moment where it's like, this is so obvious. I can't believe that, that one, not more is being done to come at a majority of the things that are, are perceived as negative that we experience in the world from an energetic standpoint. And two, that the strength of the subconscious mind is absolutely mind, mind blowing. And the challenge is the subconscious mind, the, its only goal is to keep us safe, but it's also writing, writing and recording everything we experience in real time. And so if we get in a situation of, of distress or dis-ease, uh, a classic, you know, is uh, if there is a conflict between a child and a parent and the, the parent is perceiving that the child has, quote unquote, done something wrong, whereas the child's just exploring their world from their perspective, which is obviously different than the parent's perspective. Mm-hmm. So the child then has this co- negatively contrasting experience and that gets embedded in their in their operating system, in their subconscious mind. So then it could be, you know, years, decades later, and they've completely forgotten about the incident, but then something keeps coming up with, I, and it could express itself in a number of ways with a, a boss that you're not doing enough, that you're not good enough. It could express itself in, in shame or guilt. And it's these programs that, that we're enmeshed with because of our entanglement with our external world that we perceive as us, even though it's actually not the energetic us it's the physical expression of us that is experiencing these things and we have the tools where we can actually gain perspective of those things but the challenge is everything that our subconscious onboards and and writes as quote unquote a program gets layered on top of our energetic core and keeps us separate from it and so a lot of the, the internal work has going back to that reductive aspect of it has really been clearing out so much of that energetic dis-ease, the, the negative subconscious programs that I wasn't even aware were dictating and were, were really contributing to the way I was experiencing life and the misinterpretations that resulted because of that. And so it is clearing, clearing out the, the external junk that goes in from a, a media, from a food and a nutrition standpoint. And it's clearing out the junk from the inside out from that energetic, emotional standpoint. Right. So I love this topic of conversation. And you're sharing some very simple tools as far as the external environment with this process of reduction of getting rid of processed foods and, and sugars and all of the things that can have such an impact in a negative way on our internal environment. But can you share some of your tips or suggestions, this idea of optimizing life from the inside out? How do you access that internally, the energetic standpoint for people who want to do that work? So there's a lot of different modalities uh, out there. And, you know, anything from Reiki, uh, and for those that are not familiar, Reiki is a, an, a, an energetic practice of, of cultivating and manipulating the bodily energy. Uh, cranial sacral therapy is another one. Uh, sound healing is another one. Uh, there's a, a practice called, it's either light therapy or crystal light therapy for those listeners that are, that are, uh, that are lived through the eighties, you know, crystal light kind of, for me, it, it, it triggered something and made me smile. Um, it, it, it's hyper individual. And so I had, I've, I've tried a, a crystal light therapy and it, it was pleasant, but it really did nothing for me. And that's really what that is, is uh, crystals aligned on almost a, a, a connected row that's, that's over a bed. And the lights that are shown through the crystal correlate to the different chakra points on the body. And you're listening to, to music and it was pleasant, but I was just laying there and didn't experience anything. Mm-hmm. So the two, and so in that regard, what I'm, I'm trying to get to is that I do think that energy work is going to be hyper individual in the sense that what works for someone is not going to work for someone else. Certainly. The two that really accelerated my personal journey were the emotion code and a practice called Psyche. And both utilize muscle testing as the, the vehicle or as the method 
of inquiry. And our bodies are really like complete biofeedback machines without anything needing to be added. It's just tapping into the modality that we can use the same language that our body uses. So the emotion code I really use to clear a lot of uh, either uh, emotions that have uh, gotten embedded in my system, or I experienced something that was, uh, it was on the more extreme end of, a, of the contrast spectrum, and that the ripples of that emotion stayed with me, even though the, the actual emotion was released. And me, for me personally, another aspect of that was ancestral energy. And mm -hmm. really the, the foundation of the book for me and the linchpin that kind of brought everything together of all of those things, the philosophy, theology, science, was looking at it from a quantum perspective and an energy science perspective, uh, really physics. And that was how it, it made sense to me where, well, are you kidding me? Ancestral energy? That, I don't know about this. This is getting a little woo-woo. Right. But then if you look at it from a quantum theory perspective and looking at our existence as one of experiencing different dimensions, everything is happening right now. Everything that we perceive as the past or the future or different expressions of right now based on quantum theory is all happening simultaneously. So once I kind of came to that understanding or at least open to thinking about that really shifted things for me from the sense that, well, how am I experiencing this stuff that I've never even, it didn't happen in my lifetime. It, it's not, it's not me. But mm -hmm. when you collapse those timelines and kind of come at it from the perspective of everything that ever has is, or will be is happening right now, that really reinforced the, the interconnection and the connectivity of everything, that everything is energy and everything is connected. That makes so much sense because we have this kind of attachment and, more so from a cultural standpoint than necessarily being born this way. But our culture, our society creates this attachment in our mind to this three-dimensional world with all of the external stimulation and everything that's going on outside of us. And this almost addiction to doing all the time mm -hmm. rather than awareness around being and becoming aware of your internal space. How can we navigate through that and break the cycle of attachment to this three-dimensional world where we think of time as being yeah, linear? No, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, and, you know, and part of it is that, you know, so much of our, our education and so many things we're taught are external. There, there isn't necessarily a class or a curriculum, you know, in, in formal education and even in alternative education or, or information of the blueprint or a path of from, from A to B, from A to Z, this is how you do it. And so for me, mm -hmm. the practice was very much uh, brain training and, 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 and mind cultivation, quality of mind cultivation. If anybody is, is interested, I highly recommend Emotion Code and Psyche because it was, an, it was a massive accelerator for my personal uh, experience and, and and the enjoyment and the peace and the fulfillment that I was experiencing in my life before I even had my experience of connection. But from a, the, almost the very first step for me was reducing the time between reaction and recognition. And what I mean by that is we get our systems, not us, but our, our biological systems can get, get triggered or get reactive based on any number of external stimuli. And again, it's hyper individual. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one person's traumatic experience is another person's bee sting. It, it's, it's all relative. But instead of having a reactive experience, having the awareness of that experience and recognizing, okay, that was a reaction. That, was, that, that didn't feel good to me, whether it's anger or frustration or, or exasperation or fear or resentment, whatever the, you know, the, hyper personal thing is on the negative end of the spectrum, the faster mm -hmm. we can recognize that I had a reaction, the more distance we gain between ourselves and the reaction and the more awareness we cultivate that, okay, I actually have some control of how I engage with the world. I have actually, I'm the only one that has control over that because I am the only one that has explicit uh, access and 
ability to cultivate things that I want internally. So as far as a, an everyday practice that anybody can do right now, decreasing the time between having a reaction and recognizing the reaction for what it was. And then from there, it's really following that trail. So, okay, let's say, you know, I got cut off in traffic and I slammed on the horn and I got furious. What is mm-hmm. it about that experience that triggered that reaction in me internally? So something as I'm perceiving it as something that was done to me or a slight or something that was, you know, it, it, I mean, even it could be even perceived as an assault, but why, and then follow that why. And then, I mean, it really is the, the, the open mind and the, the, the willingness to kind of go, go into those uncomfortable internal spaces um, because it is an internal journey and it's one of the most mysterious journeys any of us can take because our internal spaces are so hyper-individual based on the life experiences that have brought us to this point in our lives. Yeah, it makes so much sense to me because I talk about, in fact, there's an episode that'll come out a couple weeks perhaps before this one. So listeners, you may have already heard this episode by the time you're hearing this, but it was talking about internal reflection as a vehicle for inner awareness that leads you towards self-acceptance, which is the first step towards self-love. And it really takes time and also consistent effort. And like you're saying, this level of inner awareness that you take a step back from the reaction and increase the space between, like you're saying, a reaction and a response to really understand why you're feeling that way. Yeah. And then the next step, you know, after recognition is where did I feel that in my body? Because again, everything mm-hmm. is connected and our in you know, things, the, the thoughts, feelings and emotions, again, going back to the foundation that everything is energy, those things, if left unattended, can actually end up impacting us physically. So habitual negative thought or habitual anger can easily lead to anxiety or depression. And any, any other number of physical manifestations, high blood pressure, for example, in, in, that, in, that, um, in that analogy. That, that method of self-inquiry of moving from reaction to recognition and then identifying where, that, where I felt that reaction in my body. All we're doing is, is really pulling back the veil or the cover of that internal working mechanism of our systems doing everything they possibly can to keep us safe in every possible moment. But because, again, our, our subconscious is quantum, there is no linear time. And so that's why we can be going through life and then all of a sudden have a random panic attack. Or we're in an experience that somehow is reflective of something we've, we've experienced in the past. And our subconscious mind serves mm-hmm. up the program that was written in the moment of that experience but now, because years have gone by and, you know, maybe even forget, even forgotten about the original, you know, kind of causing experience, it wreaks havoc on our lives because it's running in a context that it wasn't intended for. And it, it's not the right program for the time of our conscious experience, but it's the only one that our subconscious mind can serve up. And so that's why so much of the dis-ease we experience in our lives are actually programs of safety our subconscious are running. But because we haven't been either processing or releasing emotions, which is habitual in our culture, or we haven't uh, mm-hmm. you know, cultivated the awareness and the intention of living our lives, that's when those things, that's when we feel like I'm being triggered or we, you know, something that would seem innocuous to one person would be a completely derailing experience for another That makes so much sense. That really resonates with me. And I want to give a shout out to your beautiful and lovely wife, because I know that she does emotion code and also psyche. I'd really like to connect with her and perhaps have her on the show sometime as well to explain more about those two modalities and how they can help release emotions and energies internally that'll help to remedy also physiological experiences or dis-ease. Absolutely. And, and I, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of our conversation. She says hi, and she hopes all is well. 
but she is absolutely, yeah, I, I mentioned that to her and she's absolutely looking forward to it and a hundred percent on board. Wonderful. I'll yeah. reach out, but please yes. give her my love and a big hug. And I could talk to you about all of this <laughs> all day long. I'm just fascinated by this topic. But in the meantime, can you share with listeners how they can get in touch with you, your Instagram website, email, and any other pertinent information that yeah, you'd like absolutely. to share? Uh, so the best way, uh, kind of the hub for everything right now is the website, which is RadicalEnlightenment.com. And on Instagram, it's at my guy on the ninth floor. And it's the number nine TH as opposed to it being spelled out. And Perfect. the book's available now for those that are, that are interested. And for those that are interested but want more information or maybe are looking for a little bit of additional insight into their spaces, uh, Kelly and I have actually created a quiz to uncover the number one subconscious block uh, holding you back in life. And it's a seven question quiz and it will give you the exact kind of overarching uh, negative subconscious block uh, that your system has embedded as a program of safety, but that is now actually kind of manifesting in a way that it's, it's impacting you negatively. Uh, and so that's, that's something that's free awesome. and available on the website as well. So look for the subconscious block quiz on Kevin's website, RadicalEnlightenment.com, and I'll link all of that in the show notes for easy navigation. And Kevin, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. I love everything that you have to share and talk about. It resonates deeply for me, and I've learned so much through our conversation, so I want to thank you for taking the time today to come on What's Wellness. And my last question for you is, What's something that you're grateful for today? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, and, and first off, thank you so much for, uh, for your time as well and for the conversation. It's, it's been an absolute mm -hmm. pleasure. I'm, I'm very excited to, to share and, and to talk. And so this is, uh, you know, this is a, like a field day for me. Oh, so the number one you. thing I'm grateful for, I think right now it's, it's the opportunity of the moment is what I'm most grateful for. I love because that. that's really all there is, 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 is now, um, we, we're collectively as a society and a, in a world, we're so focused on, on future and what's next. And I really feel like what's next is what is now. That's what's next. That's so true. But that's an opportunity that, that is, is universal and, and, and anyone can have it is, is this moment right now. And isn't it true that we call it the present moment because it's truly a gift? Honestly, a it's, the, it's the most important gift that there is because uh, that's, that's, where, that's where really the, the expansion, the acceleration happen is, is when we are, uh, you know, it, and it, at first it, it can be just a glimpse of the present where, you know, it can be after, uh, in a, it manifests in any, any number of ways. For me personally, it's, uh, you know, after, after physical activity. You know, working hard in my body, whether manual labor or working out or going for a run or a surf or whatever it is for, for whoever is listening, it's whatever your thing is, whatever you enjoy doing. But I've mm -hmm. found that kind of the, the, the easiest shortcut for me personally is that physical exertion because I find that that really burns out any of that monkey brain chatter or negative self-talk or worry or anxiety or depression because your body has worked really hard in the present moment and really burned out a lot of the energy that would go to otherwise, you know, the, the, the spiraling that we tend to do as humans in our minds. Uh, so as far as a shortcut to the present moment, that's one of the most successful uh, ways I found is work, work hard physically. And then you start getting that glimpse of the, the, the present moment as the opportunity. And then that's once, once that, once that first initial kind of light through the through the fog shows then we can start cultivating that and increasing that internally well that modality definitely works for me moving my body definitely brings me into the present moment as well so i love <laughs> that you shared that because we can all use a little bit more especially outside fresh air getting those ions from having our feet in the sand or the grass or the ocean and moving the body is just such a powerful way to connect to the present. So beautifully well said. And 
Thank you so much once again for being on What's Wellness today. It was absolutely today. my pleasure, and thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to connecting, connecting more in the future. Ah, I loved hearing about Kevin's experiences and how radical enlightenment my guy on the ninth floor came to be. What a fascinating experience to go through on the one hand and on the other to be inspired to share with others with the intent to make a positive impact is so wonderful. Being present in the moment is truly a gift and life is not to be taken for granted. Let every blessing of a breath be a reason to feel gratitude. I hope you enjoyed and learned something from today's episode. And as always, links to get in touch with Kevin and other pertinent information are available for easy navigation in this episode's show notes. Please get in touch with me via email if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or feedback, or if you need support in any way. My email is alia at aliayoga.com, spelled A-H-L-I-A. If something stood out to you from today's episode, do me a massive favor and take a screenshot. Share it on your social media. Tag at aliayoga and at What's Wellness Podcast on Instagram, and I'll be sure to reshare. If I can ask another huge favor, please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and family, and if you leave a review in the iTunes podcast store, it makes a really big difference for the progress of this show. Help spread the word about what's wellness, and if you do leave warm words of the week in the iTunes podcast store, please let me know. Send me a message and I'll offer you a free full-length yoga class video from my website as my way of saying thanks. If you enjoy online yoga classes, home workouts, as well as guided meditations, and for more about what I offer, go to aliayoga.com. I also have CBD for sale and essential oil roll-ons on the site, as well as full-length yoga videos for unlimited use. Thank you once again for tuning in to What's Wellness Today, and I'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode for you. Until next time, be well.